Welcome to Indelible Logos. We are going to give you the words that are going to make a lasting impression. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to our next episode of Indelible Logos with another special guest. I am your host, Tiki, and I am so glad you tuned in today because this episode was orchestrated by the very essence of what this time of year is all about. Part of the reason Christmas time is so special all over the world is because the propensity to open our hearts and embrace the possibilities for the miraculous is at its highest during the season. Today's guest knows a lot about this. I can even say she's somewhat of a heart specialist. She's a best-selling author, a blogger, a host of Monday Musings podcast, and a minister. In addition to all of this, she's a wife and bonus mom of five. I'd like to introduce and welcome Denise Jones to the podcast. Denise, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and being here with me today. Oh, thank you. It is my absolute pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Absolutely. In the many hats that you wear, one of them I mentioned is being a minister. How would you describe your ministry to our audience who may not be familiar or who have may never heard of uh, Reclaiming Hearts? Oh, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, well, as the name says, we we specialize in hearts and we all have them and they all have been wrecked at times and broken at times and abused at times and disappointed at times and hopeful and expectant, all those things that we are in seasons like these. And so what we do as a ministry is we just try to offer tools for people to really encounter that John 10, 10 life. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. So part of our mission and calling is to make people aware that we live in a, a real world with a real enemy who is after our hearts. And that passage of scripture, the enemy is progressive. Mm-hmm. He starts with stealing in order to kill, to ultimately destroy. And so wow. if we can get people's um, spirit eyes, if you will, the eyes of their heart opened to the fact that Um, that the enemy is trying to steal from them, then hopefully we can prevent the killing and the destroying. But that passage doesn't end there. It says, but I have come. And I always say, I love the buts of God because they just negate all the other stuff that the enemy tries to throw our way. He said, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so our desire is to offer resources, whether it's our short video devotionals that I offer every Monday morning, whether it's our devotional or our books or um, the weekend experiences that we do, which are like weekend intensives for the heart. All of these are tools to help people live the life that they were created for, and also to do that Proverbs 23 living where we guard our hearts with all diligence Mm. as everything we do flows out of an alive and abundant 
hard. So in a nutshell, that's who we are. We try to let people know that the heart is the most valuable thing we have. I mean, the Lord wouldn't tell us to above all else. That means more than anything else we do, guard our heart. And you don't guard something that isn't at risk of being attacked and that doesn't have significant value. So the heart can be attacked and the heart has significant value. And so we just try to offer resources and tools to help people guard that most valuable treasure that is their heart. That is absolutely beautiful. It's it's exciting. And from what I've read on your um your blog pages, like your, your blogs and your, your ministry page, you do it with such pure purity. Um, you, you definitely take the calling. It seems like from God as a serious, um, commandment and you go after these people, um, and you share God's love and it comes across and just what I've been able to, uh, read and to w- witness. And I'm just, again, it's another reason I'm very happy you're here. Thank you. Um, how has this call from God impacted and shaped your life? Well, um, I, my, I tell people my earliest memory is when I gave my heart to Jesus, I was four years old. I was in this, um, outdoor we called it like a tabernacle it was like an outdoor meeting area and my best friend Dawn McPherson and I her mom knelt on that dirt ground in little metal folding chairs and led us to Jesus and I just remember uh, just the sincerity of my heart to know God and for whatever reason, that was just, I feel like it was just in my cell structure. And my whole life, I have wanted to do what God has called me to do. And it's usually in the broken places of our story. This ministry was birthed from my broken place. And, you know, Corinthians tells us that God comforts us with comfort to spare And so when we encounter those broken places in the Holy Spirit, if we allow him, because we all have a choice in our broken moments, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're going to move towards the Lord or run away from him. And uh, I say, God will woo us or push us. (laughs) And I don't always get the wooing place. Sometimes it takes the pushing places of God. I'm a little hard at it. But it's been in those moments where... um, he has broken me and allowed me to kind of be broken in my soul that it has allowed me to see him and encounter him in ways I never would have otherwise. And he's comforted me with such extravagant comfort that I can't help but share that comfort with others. And so from that, it just kind of birthed a ministry, if you will. Oh my goodness. I I so wish that people could experience what I'm experiencing right now. (laughs) So in your, in this walk, um, 
have you experienced opposition in this calling, whether it was yourself internally or from outside? Um, yes, of, of course. And there's a, a beautiful book by Neil Anderson called Freedom in Christ. And he kind of lays out this um, principle that is so true, but so the enemy has just really allowed us to miss this in our everyday life. But he said, we have to remember that we are spirit beings living in a natural world, mm -hmm. not natural beings living in a spirit world. And we have gotten so attached to this world that we often don't realize that we really are spirit beings living in a natural place. And because of that, we live in like this cosmic battle. And Max Licato says every battle at its root is a spiritual battle because we are spirit beings. And so there is always opposition to calling. It's all throughout scripture. Um, Esther was opposed to her calling by um, by the, um, sorry, his, his name is completely left me. It's not Mordecai, that was her uncle. Amen. Anyway, her, his, Haman, thank you, thank you. His name completely disappeared from my mind. So she was opposed by Haman. Um, Moses is opposed by Pharaoh. Abraham is opposed by his, his own body, if you will, you know, his, his body was old and decrepit, but they all pushed forward in faith. And so for the last um, five years, the way the enemy has opposed me personally has been physically, it's been a really interesting season. It's like as soon as um, I overcome one place of physical challenge, another place of physical challenge comes. And uh, like right now, I'm, I'm in a season, you were, you were talking, we were talking before we went on the air about my novel Secrets Over Sweet Tea and food and how much food is talked about. Because in the South, you, you, you are about food. Like you grow up at your mama's <laughs> table with fried chicken and collard greens. And it's, you know, food is just its own thing. So um, when I had COVID a while back, I lost my taste and smell. And um, not only it, it like started coming back and then about six weeks ago, it just went south in a, in a horrible way where things that I've always enjoyed, not only can I not taste them, but I can't even stand the smell of them or the taste of them. And so here I am in this season of just processing, Lord, what are you wanting to do you're not a thief like i i always have to come back to that remember mm -hmm. satan comes to steal kill and destroy so whenever something has been stolen like taste and smell or your health or there's a real enemy god hasn't done that to us and so but it always makes me inquire of the lord and i don't always do this first like usually first i go to you know being really disappointed and discouraged and sometimes angry. You have a moment. Y yeah. And, and <laughs> thankfully the moments don't last as long as they used to, but they still get, I can get like stuck in a moment, but 
So now I'm like, Lord, what are you wanting to do to me in this? Because, you know, as crazy as it sounds, Tiki, but I know people can relate. Like, just for a moment, think of what is that thing you love the most experientially in food or drink? Like, is it that first morning cup of coffee? Is it that um, chocolate pie that your grandmother always made? And what is that experiential thing that you love? And for me, um, a lot of those comforts were wrapped up in my first cup of hot tea in the morning or that McDonald's Coca-Cola. And now they're gone. They're like totally gone. And so um, I'm battling that in my, in my spirit, man. So yeah, the enemy is a thief and he opposes vision. And so whatever he can do to distract us from the calling on our lives, he will try to do. And for whatever reason, for the last five years, it's been in my physical body. Well, we will definitely be lifting that up in prayer. Um, I take that very seriously when people share things. Um, it's not just for your ears, but it's for your prayer, uh, your prayer life. Um, and you said something about distracting and someone who I have the privilege of knowing, uh, Pastor Lakeisha Stevenson, she had shared a few years ago, and it's always stayed with me, distraction. And she talked about a car and the traction on the car and how it can, you know, when you swerve, you the, the purpose of the wheels and everything, and, and they're supposed to keep you on track to get to your destination. But if your wheels are not uh, new wheels and they start to wear, it could cause that traction to slip and your car can, you know, come off the road and hazardly. And we don't often see it, but that's exactly like God told us that we are to be aware of the enemy's devices. And we don't often see that sometimes things come in our lives for the purpose to distract us from the calling of God. And you said it so, so uh, right just a few moments ago, we have a choice. We can either allow that distraction, whatever. And I'm not saying that it's not important because we already know that we've won. God's already told us that we have the victory through Christ. So we have to make a choice to either move forward in God through the distraction, trusting that he's going to help us to navigate, show us the way, or we can run away from him. And, and when I say run, run away, I mean, in the in the sense of turning from him and focusing entirely on whatever that distraction is. So, so good. That's a good one to have in your spiritual arsenal right there. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said that he is the bread and the life and the words that he gives us are power in life. I know for me that I've had to take those statements and make them personal. Is there a promise or a scripture that is fueling you right, fueling you right now in your faith and causing you to continue to pursue his plan for your life uh, through these challenges that you're overcoming? Um, yes, and that's such a great question. Um, I have learned through the years when um, at different moments and times, whether it's opposition, when I'm ex experiencing something that feels like an attack from the enemy, or whether um, 
I want to hear from the Lord that I just kind of ask him what he wants to say to me. Mm-hmm. And for my 50th birthday, uh, I was sitting um, quiet one morning in my quiet time. And I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want to speak to me for my 50th? And he, he brought me to what I feel like is my covenant passage with the Lord, which is Isaiah 54. And me and God have like a love-hate relationship with this passage because it starts <laughs> out, uh, sing, barren, you who have not born. And that is probably still Tiki, my greatest place of pain and the fact that I never had children of my own. So anytime he brings me to that, I'm like, serious, God, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, we have got to get over this passage here. And when he, when he spoke that to my heart that day, I was like, Lord, I do not want this scripture again. And he's like, it's not that part. Just go a little further. And it said, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent pegs, strengthen your stakes and do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame and do not spare. And I was like, okay. And so I really thought that it was going to be a season of me needing to maybe undergird the ministry in a deeper foundational way for more growth. And I just really saw it in the more in the spirit realm than in the natural realm. And about a year, well, a year later to the day we were, Philly and I um, were actually sitting on the piece of land that we had just signed a contract on to purchase. And it's going to be a home that we can actually house our weekend experiences in. And I remember sitting there that day saying, Lord, I didn't know you meant literally. And that, so it's been a year of almost a year and a half now of, of building this home. And I have had to go back to that passage over and over and over and over again because of different things the Lord has been doing in me personally to battle for my faith. It's like who builds a home in the middle of a pandemic and a crazy financial time? And Lord, are you sure you were telling us that this is what we were to do? And so just going back and back and back to that word. But the interesting thing, let me tell you how God just confirms things in a crazy way. So he gives me this word on my 50th birthday. And a couple of weeks later, we have a prayer team for our ministry that's been together for a decade. And we've prayed together every week for the ministry and different needs. And they threw me this party. And so at the party, they had all gotten me these little gifts and they wanted to each explain to me why they got me that gift. And so one of my closest friends said, Denise, I got you this gift and it's going to be so weird. I don't know why the Lord told me to give you this gift. And Tiki, I open the bag and it is a tent peg with Isaiah 54 verses three and four, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent pegs, strengthen your cords and lengthen your stakes or lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes attached to it, tied to this tent peg. And I'm like, Lord, you can't make this stuff up. I am really going to have to pay attention to this scripture because this is the second time the Lord had directed. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Yes. He wrote the Harbinger. Well, his church is in New Jersey and for us about an hour, an hour. So we've had the opportunity to go to his church from time to time and he had been closed due to COVID. Um, And so 
I, my husband and I went a few months ago, the first time for this year. And he, and I had been struggling with some things because like I said, this whole transition happened with me. And um, I sat there and it was like, you had one of those moments where he's addressing the congregation, but it's as if God is speaking directly to you. And that was the scripture that he shared. And he went into such, he's a great teacher and he went into such uh, elaborate teaching on the scripture. And I'm, I'm telling you, like they, my husband's like, okay, can I, can I please find somebody? Does anybody have a box of tissues? Like I need to get my wife some tissues. She's going to start just wiping her tears on her arm for, in a second. But the other reason that I'm saying, um, I, I believe that this is such a God moment is because this morning when I was praying, I prayed the Jabez prayer. I, and, and I said, Father God, I thank you for increasing her territory. And so when you said that just now, I'm just like, Lord, you, again, in the smallest details, he just comes in and he just proves himself. And, and you just know that when he's sharing things or he's impressing upon you, it's a God thing. So I look so forward to hearing how this all starts to come together and turns out and all the many people that are going to come and God is just going to get the glory. So I, I am so excited about that. <laughs> well, and for your listeners too, I mean, that's just so precious. And it's a reminder for them that when there's something you hear that you cannot get away from, then you really need to pay attention Absolutely. And you need to start asking the Lord, okay, Lord, why can't I get away from this? And what are you wanting to speak to me? And that's how we learn how to cultivate an ear that can hear the voice of the Lord. And then it's okay to say, Lord, if this is you, please confirm it. Please bring it back to me. Please let me hear it again. Because Taking more than we need anything in this moment of time, we need to be people who hear the voice of the Lord. Absolutely. Because yeah. we are not going to be able to do what he's called us to do, function in the volatility of this environment, be real um, ambassadors for the cause of Christ if we cannot hear the voice of the Lord. I think that's a perfect, perfect um statement to lead me into one of my last questions for, or actually my last question, because I believe that you pretty much touched on the other part uh, in your explanation. So the, the two answers or the two questions kind of got the same answer. But as we head closer to the end of this year and we look to the beginning of a new one, some may view the next few weeks as daunting. Uh, I, I know that Sometimes new things can be scary to people, whether it's a new job, new relationship, new home, uh, new technology. Uh, so they get very nervous, intimidated. What encouragement would you offer today to someone listening who may feel lost, uncertain, or anxious about what's to come in 2022? Mm -hmm. Well, um... I love it that when Jesus left the earth, he said, my peace I give you. It's not as the world um, gives you. And I am leaving my peace with you, which is the Holy Spirit. 
And we have um, created a culture that is petrified of the mere mention of the word Holy Spirit, which I think is so heartbreaking because if we really stop to think about it, it's God in the form of a spirit living on the inside of us. God himself is living on the inside of us and we have access to him at any time for anything. And what used to be a place where only priests could enter, which was the presence of the Lord, now we can enter standing at our sink, doing our dishes or laying in our bed at night or sitting in the carpool line or um, wherever we may be, even here in a conversation with a new friend, I can be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So my word is what God's word is to all of us that is spoken 365 times in the Bible, which is do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably said it 365 times because he knew that's how many days we'd have and we need to hear it every day. Sometimes more. Um, <laughs> but we sometimes more than once. But we really, whatever is not of faith, scripture says is not of God. And we have been living in a season that more than it has propagated anything to us, no matter what you feel, what your convictions are about the pandemic, about vaccines, no matter what they are, the number one thing that has been targeted against our hearts is fear. And that is not our portion as a follower of Christ. So one of the things I would just encourage people to utilize one of the tools I would encourage people to utilize in this season is just to ask the question of your heart when you're about to make decisions. Am I making this because I'm afraid? Or am I making this decision because it's what I feel like God's asking me to do? Because anytime fear is the motivator, we can rest assured that we're not walking in the plans and purposes of God. And fear just is not our portion. I mean, when he walked to Mary, when the Holy Spirit came into Mary, the very first thing that the angel said to her was, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because of her willingness to obey that command, we get to celebrate this beautiful season that is Christmas. So what can we be celebrating in our own lives when we are willing to obey that command. And if we allow fear to go with us into 2022, I can say this confidently, we will miss what God is inviting us into. That is so true. And sometimes we're going to have to do things afraid. That is so true. But God is just as faithful in that than he is in anything else in our lives. And I, I would like to just add to that one of the things that I have to remind myself sometimes when God is asking me to do what I consider to be a hard thing and there's a difference between fear being afraid and then being nervous or apprehensive about doing what God has told you to do that's Absolutely. different yes. but one of the things that I've had to remind myself is that God does not set us up to fail 
he, he doesn't tell us to do things that he knows that we are not equipped to do. We may not be equipped in that moment, but through our saying yes, through our obedience, he's going to give us what we need. Um, there's a scripture that says your gift will make room for you, it's, but you have to say yes to, to his calling. So yeah. that is such a great word for 2022. Um, yeah. and, and can I just say, I know you were talking, it may have been before we started when you and I were just sharing with each other just about obedience and just a short, short little closing story. When I walked through my divorce in 07, um, I had no idea what the future looked like after that. And I was offered a three book, a brand new three book fiction book deal from my publisher at the time. And I felt the Lord say, you're not to take that book deal, which in the, in the natural, that made no sense. First of all, I needed an income. Second of all, it was my calling. It was what I was created to do. And number three, as an author, you don't take huge hiatuses and just expect to come back and people know who you are. But the Lord made it so clear that to be disobedient was far more frightening than to be obedient. Mm -hmm. So I walked away from this book deal and I heard the Lord say, you're not to speak, you're not to teach, you're to do nothing but heal and for a year. And Tiki, in that year, as I was healing, going to counseling, digging into all these broken places of my heart, the Lord wrote on my heart what became the book, Reclaiming Your Heart, wow. what became Secrets Over Sweet Tea, and what became Flying Solo, which was that actual journals from my divorce and that year of being obedient of walking away from something that looked so necessary in the natural see the 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 lord makes no sense in the natural remember he says my ways aren't your ways my thoughts aren't your thoughts they're beyond finding out i do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond more than you can ask or think of me and it looked so necessary in the natural place of my life that being obedient to what looked like crazy faith birthed three books in a ministry so only it's only in our obedience even when it's great steps of faith that we can be able to walk out the true calling of God on our life. That God definitely wanted me. That was the question that I said, I felt like you kind of answered previously. That was a question about uh, the Amalekites and Saul was supposed to, you know, kill all of them and he chose not to and what happened through his disobedience and what was a time where God told you to do something that you may have not wanted to do and you went ahead and it's just so funny how God just was like, no, I gave you that question for a reason. And you brought it back because not just for our listeners, because I know that this is going to minister to somebody else, but that's what I needed to hear. So thank you. Because that's the kind of faith that I believe pleases God, that crazy faith. And I know for me, a person who just goes through life trying to figure out, I'm the oldest of three. So I think that's just part of the position that I have in life. I, I 
see a challenge and I'm going after it and I'm like, okay, we can kind of fall apart afterwards, but we need to attack this now and trying to look forward and all of those types of things. And so sometimes when God says to do something that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but you know, it's God, you can't even begin to imagine what will be birthed from your saying yes. It's he, he has something so much greater in store for you. And I just thank you again for going ahead and, and yielding to him telling you to share that story. So um, I, I know that today is, like I said, it's the 20th of December, five days till Christmas. And Stacy, I just want to give her a special shout out because she has been truly implemental in helping to put all of this together from your staff. And I just speak an abundance of blessings over her. I'm kind of a little envious. I was like, I, I can only imagine what it must be like to be part of this wonderful ministry. And I thank you because I feel like you let me in for just a few moments today. And again, it's sweeter than I could have imagined. So well, you are just a treasure. And if you come back here, you better let me know. Oh, I trust me, I will be back. I'm not yeah. sure exactly when, but I'm I'm pressing on that hubster of mine like a uh, sweetheart because we just were watching one of these movies last night from a small town and they were it's a Christmas movie, of course. And yes, my husband watches Christmas movies with me. And as a matter of fact, he He's was a like, closet Hallmark guy. <laughs> totally is. And so he's like, we need to go to one of these towns. I was like, sweetheart, we live in a small town. He's like, no, he goes, I want to go to one of those towns where they do all of these different activities and they have like these festivals. And I was like, I think that Franklin might do something like that. I was like, I don't know, I says, but I just feel like that would be our place to go. So he's, he's, he's almost there. So I'm, I, I'm hoping to tell you soon, guess what? I can come and meet you over some sweet tea. <laughs> Well, but, and I just pray blessings on you, Tiki, and on the things God's calling you to put your hand to the plow to in this season, and that you would just sense his clarity and direction, and that his voice would just be exceptionally clear for you in this season. I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. People, I hope, will understand how precious it is to have people in your support system who pray for you at times where you might not have the words to pray because God ultimately wants his best, not our best, but his best for all of us. And that's my prayer for you and for everyone on your ministry and those who are to still come to help support that enlargement that he's doing and that there will be a hedge of protection around all of you so that you will be able to continue to go forth in the things that he has called you to do. Thank you so much. Well, I want to just once again, wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas. I encourage you all to enjoy this time. It only comes around once a year. I mean, we can experience Christmas every day in our hearts, but this is an especially, um, opportune time to do this because we are kind of unified all over the world where we're all doing it at the same time. And so I encourage everyone to please just continue to be safe and have the best Christmas that they are able to have and to just really reflect on what's truly 
the significance of this time. It's, it's all about Jesus. It really is. But the romance and, and the fun and the family and the food are all fun too. So, But Denise, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I don't know what the rest of your day looks like or the rest of your week, but I just thank God uh, for allowing you to have magnificent productivity. So thank you again. And I really hope that you will be able to tell Stacy, um, just thank you for helping to put this together. It was, I think, 10 o'clock my time. So that's nine o'clock your time. There were still emails that were going back and forth between us. And I'm like, bless her heart. Like she's, she is here trying to help get this all together. So I really do appreciate it. Denise, this has been the best Christmas gift so far for me. And I'm going to treasure this. And I hope to see you in the new year face to face. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. Thank you so much. God bless. You too.